Ultra. This is a Pele Media Podcast. Welcome to Theme Park This, the podcast that asks the question, what is that up in the sky? Is it a bird? A plane? Is it a six-passenger cart that's come loose from a track on a roller coaster? Oh, no. <laughs> I'm Kyle. <laughs> and joining me today are Mr. Brian Green. Hello there. And Mr. Scott Corelli. That's what happens when you license your stuff to Six Flags. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be talking a lot about the Six Flags parks, I think, pretty shortly here, because today we are going to be talking about uh, a DC park that we're going to be putting together. And uh, I don't know about you guys. This one was a lot of fun to come up with stuff for, huh? It was it was hard for me because this is very near and dear to my heart because yeah. I, I, I love DC. I grew up with DC uh, yeah. much more than uh, Marvel. So, uh, you know, uh, growing up and seeing it... Um, uh, misused in uh, the Six Flags parks has always been like a real, uh, I don't know, point of contention for me. Uh, I get really frustrated seeing what Six Flags do- like just wastes with that. With yeah. That. Uh, and I and I should say like I grew up with it because of like you know Batman the animated series and and all of that stuff. So that's more in line with the DC that I like. Um, mm-hmm. You won't hear me making a lot of references to the Snyderverse or <laughs> oh, anything like that. Yeah. When I say that I love DC, that's not really what I'm talking about. Um, right. If you love DC, you probably don't like the Snyderverse, I think, is kind of how it goes. Yeah, or, yeah. or well, but but then those people will say that they are huge DC fans, but that's not <laughs> yeah. what they mean. Yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah. So, you know, I, I, I really do love uh, DC, and I and I think that it's a um, a very different uh look at superheroes than mm-hmm. what marvel does and i think that when they embrace how different they are from marvel i think that's when we get the best stuff out of dc yeah uh when they try to copy marvel's success for one reason or another uh i think that's when things start getting uh screwy or uh you know in the on the opposite end of that is um when they try to ground dc in reality for some reason uh they're like let's what if we did this but like we made it really grounded and i was like there's nothing grounded about these characters yeah what are you guys (laughs) doing um let's let's turn everything into nolan's batman that's a terrible idea don't do that Um, yeah so uh so yeah so i i I really do love the dc characters i mean i think spider-man is probably my favorite superhero of all time but it's like spider-man and then it's everything at dc and then everything else at marvel below that (laughs) Um, is how I would rank my stuff. Uh, so I, I really, really love uh, DC. And um, I'm going to be focusing on uh, a character that is very, very near and dear to my heart and is like kind of neck and neck for my favorite superhero of all time. Uh, oh, very but, cool. uh, but yeah, what about you guys? What, how, how, do, how do you come at DC, if at all? Well, I, I I want Brian to answer first because for the folks who are listening on audio, which would be everybody, uh, Brian is actually wearing a Guardians of the Galaxy shirt right now, which I assume was probably not done to throw any shade at DC. But uh, <laughs> yeah. what what are your feelings on the DC uh, universe as a whole? It's it's funny. I almost entered the episode with my hands don't scan, yours do. And I was like, <laughs> wait a minute, that wouldn't make sense for this episode. Uh, no, uh, so. This was hard for me for the opposite reason, because mm-hmm. uh, we're going to get into this later, but we're not doing any of the the big three. Uh, we're not right. doing Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. And those are really my main points of knowledge for DC characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, beyond that, like I don't really know DC. I saw the Green Lantern movie. I worked next to a Superman roller coaster when I worked at Six Flags. <laughs> that that's about it um i really dc was not my thing uh my my mom thought comic books were going to rot my brain so they wouldn't spend my parents wouldn't spend money on comic books for me i think i had one comic book as a kid and that was the the one that came with the vhs of mask of the phantasm mm. and that i i read it over and over and over again as much as i could but i wasn't getting anything else at that point 
know, so I I did what I could, uh, but I and I I think I like what I have here. I'm very excited uh, to pitch this DC park. All right. Awesome. We're looking forward to it. So for me, Scott, I'm kind of like, I think maybe the opposite of you. It's really weird because I think Batman might be my favorite comic book character. But then like, you know, like any other suburban kid, when you're growing up, you throw in your lot with what your interests are going to be. And mine were like Nintendo and Marvel when I was a little kid. So I'm more of a Marvel guy, but I do enjoy DC quite a bit. And I think uh, when the movies nail it that are coming out, uh, that, uh, you know, they, they really get it. And if somebody knows these characters and could do something well with them, I really enjoy the movies and stuff. And uh, the DC animated library is fantastic. I think some of that stuff blows away any other comic book representations and any you know form of visual media out there. So mm-hmm. um, love that stuff. Uh, but like you also extremely disappointed and frustrated with what has been done in theme parks with DC properties. Um, uh, it, it, I used to go to the uh, ill-fated and infamous uh, Six Flags New Orleans quite a bit. Uh, which I'm sure we're all familiar with is the doomed theme park uh, that mm-hmm. was destroyed by Hurricane mm-hmm. Katrina. And they, considering how bad some of the DC stuff you've seen is, the New Orleans version of it was even worse. So yeah. it was kind of like my my exposure to this stuff in theme parks for a long time was just kind of like a joke. You know, it was uh, very much um, uh, Tim Burton era, like Batman in, in mm-hmm. ride form. So... Uh, I agree. I, I I went with something that was not one of the big three, like we discussed. We're not doing Batman, Superman, or Wonder Woman, and uh, I I really wish that what I went into existed somewhere in the theme park because I think it uh, could be a lot of fun. So, um, but yeah. we're going to get into that here today. Uh, yeah, I, who- I've I've always well, I mean, like I've always thought, you know, one of the smartest things that Universal could do is make a deal with Warner Brothers to get. DC in their parks mm-hmm. and to and I think I even mentioned that in that ideal uh epic universe episode. Yeah. yeah. Um we did a retheme this episode, a two-parter on the Marvel Superhero Island and I just think it's so obvious that they should change that to a DC themed land um and 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 give Marvel back to uh, uh Disney because they're not doing anything good with it. So it's yeah. like so outdated, you know, um, as we talked about. And it just seems so obvious that that's, that's what they should do. And I think that that would probably be the smartest move. But um, I did really like thinking about uh, making a land in a DC park from scratch without having to think about, you know, retheming Marvel Superhero Island or uh, whatever, uh, yeah. just whatever, whatever the Six Flags does. Because um, that, that Justice League ride is um, not good. Uh, and, uh, especially the one in the one in California, Brian claims that the one near him is better. Um, but, uh, I, okay, the- no, no, I, what I said was, what I said was <laughs> the cyborg animatronic in the queue worked and it worked really well. Okay. Uh, all right. You know, I was, I was thrown off because there was a box of 3d glasses, like right behind him, mm-hmm. you know, but other than that, it was fine. Like the yeah. the projections were terrible. the The ride wasn't great, but I, I like the queue. I'll say that I like the queue, <laughs> and it's more than I get from ninety nine percent of anything else at Six Flags. And you know that's funny because usually the, the theming is really where those lands fall apart. They have some decent roller coasters, like the Superman roller coaster in Atlanta at Six Flags is actually pretty decent as far as roller coasters go. But it's like like you're saying, it's funny that, that the queue is well done for the Justice League ride because that's really where I think their stuff falls apart. Is they kind of throw some, uh, you know, like a plywood with Superman painted on it in front of mm-hmm. a ride or something like that, and think that that's going to be enough. And like, sorry, it's not you know, for a property this size. Yeah, I mean the 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 problem is just that they don't have any respect for it. I don't think. I mean, you don't you don't just build a generic roller coaster and call it Batman the Ride. Mm-hmm. Like like that's not I like I don't care how good that roller coaster is. It doesn't have anything to do with Batman. Like what are you right. doing? Um or they have like, you know, the Joker ride and Riddler's Revenge and <laughs> all mm. of these generic roller coasters that if you just repainted them, they could be anything. Uh, and, and, and they did. I hate that. Yeah, they did. Like, so Kyle, the uh, Six Flags New Orleans, that one got the Joker's Revenge, which was at Six Flags Fiesta Texas with the one that was the park I grew up with. They sent that over to Six Flags New Orleans maybe two years before Katrina. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. And it, it felt like it was something that was just repurposed the whole yeah. time. You know, uh, we, and now Six Flags Fiesta Texas has a Batman the Ride, I think from New Orleans, but now it's just called, 
Titan or Goliath or something like that. You know, it's, oh, I would have thought it'd be uh, called like Tetanus Trap or something like which that. Is, which is which is ridiculous because we have Batman. We have that Batman the Ride at Fiesta Texas, but SeaWorld in San Antonio has the Great White, which is the exact same coaster, just a mirror image of itself. Mm. Wow, interesting. Yeah, it's, See, this is this is why I can't like get into coasters very much yeah. is because mm-hmm. there's so many clones mm-hmm. that it's it, you know and, and people like will get excited about a clone being built somewhere because they're like they're like oh i've ridden that over there and now it's closer to me so like that's really exciting i was like what is exciting about that that's not <laughs> exciting um i i just yeah I, I have trouble with coasters because like as fun as they are to ride like and they are I just I can't really like get pumped about like a new roller coaster sure. or anything like that because it's just like it's just another if it's not themed like I don't really care. Right. Um I I don't know cuz they're they're all sort of the same. Like it's like it's I don't know. And I'm sure there are like coaster heads that are listening to this that are like wanting to gouge out their eyes listening <laughs> to me talk about coasters and how generic I find all, most of them. Um but you know, give me give me Revenge of the Mummy over uh I don't know Batman the Ride any day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i'll take it well, i think that uh that what you're saying there kind of does speak to the source of the concept of the show in general we're not really talking about different it's roller true. coasters and how they're cool and they go upside down we're talking about <laughs> the you imagine that goes yeah oh that one's here's a coaster i designed guys it has five corkscrews oh god coasters are boring um anyway <laughs> well cool well uh, who wants to go first this week that's I, yeah, I I feel like I feel like we should go. I feel like we should go in order of uh, DC knowledge. So maybe maybe that Brian, good. then yeah. Kyle, then me. Okay. Scott, you end up showing us up every week anyway. Uh, well, <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. All right. So when I was thinking about what I wanted to do for my park, I was like, okay, what's what would be a way that I could easily digest some information about a character or a group of characters without having to like, you know, dive into their movies, TV shows, books, things like that. And I decided to go with uh Teen Titans go, mm. uh, because first off I've, I remember when I saw, oh, what was it? I think Lego movie two, I think I saw a trailer for Teen Titans go to the movies. And I remember thinking, man, this is a movie that I need to see. Mm-hmm. I, I said, it looked like a lot of fun. I love animated films. And I was, and I just thought, why why am I not watching the Teen Titans the Teen Titans Go? Because it looked right up my alley. Uh, so I went. I watched Teen Titans Go to the movies, and I've watched about half the first season of the show, and I'm I'm, I'm solidly a fan now. Yeah, uh, Scott, you were correct. <laughs> it's uh, it's so it's so like like on your brand, like just oh, like yeah. Brian TM. Like I I just. Uh, I I was astonished that you had never watched it before. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, so for those of you who may not know Teen Titans Go, uh, it's a reboot of a TV series called Teen Titans, and I guess comic comics, right? As well. Well, yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's a superhero team with a uh, Robin, Beast Boy, Raven, Starfire, and Cyborg. Mm-hmm. And Teen Titans Go is sort of a hangout comedy show version of that so they're not doing much superhero stuff really they're just kind of like oh robin made a sandwich and it's really good <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it's it's so much fun and 100 my brand and I, I loved it so much and like oh every so often you know they'll do a superhero thing mm-hmm. and i kind of love it for that yeah teen titans was like largely influenced on on uh anime and so it it has that it wears that influence on its sleeve and it's very deadly serious and Mm -hmm. like it has silly moments where like the characters turn like chibi but like in that sort of sailor moon way of like i'm aggravated and he turns into like a big like (laughs) crazy you know chibi thing um but this show feels like they were like okay Anime was our influence in that show. This time it should be Tex Avery. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, that's that's definitely, they're like, yeah, it's, it's hero stuff happens, but it's like off screen. And this is just us like hanging out in Titan's Tower and like mm-hmm. having sleepovers every night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the concept of my park, uh, Beast Boy has sold the likeness rights of the Teen Titans and the deed to Teen Titans Tower uh, so he could afford to buy a, a video game console. 
Mm. Um, mm. The purchaser, who we'll get into later, uh, builds a Teen Titans theme park. Uh, as a result, the Titans are required to work at the park and entertain the tourists. <laughs> uh, this is going to be less of an immersive experience and more of a self-aware parody of theme parks. Can this just be a sequel to Teen, teen Titans Go to the Movies? This is 100% <laughs> how I came up with this idea. I was like, oh, Teen Titans Go to the Theme Park. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> This is awesome. All right. So should I get into my restaurant or does everyone want to give their? Yeah, we should go through our lands, right? Got so, it. Yeah. yeah. But I, I, I love that. I think that's a great idea. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, okay. Mine is going to be kind of a twist on the Harry Potter, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter at Universal Studios. I kind of use that as a template for what I wanted to do with this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what I've decided to call it is the Hellblazing World of John Constantine. <laughs> oh, wow. So, also, kudos to pronouncing it properly. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> uh, so I, I saw the Constantine movie, uh, which came mm-hmm. out when it you know came out uh, with Keanu Reeves a few well, a while ago. <laughs> yeah, it was a long uh, time ago I, now. <laughs> yeah, it was a long time ago. And I like the concept, but I thought the movie kind of like it, it could have it i i could have liked it more you know mm-hmm. it's i i felt like it was a property that maybe deserved something a little bit different I, I haven't read the comic book hellblazer i haven't seen the john constantine tv show uh but yes constantine is how it's pronounced in when the american keanu reeves version which is far different from the uh comic book the vertigo comic book john constantine so um my world is there is also an internal story internal story uh i don't it's not as creative as brian's i'm going to say that right up front but uh <laughs> It is going to be kind of a gritty, dark, uh, neo-noir version of London. Uh, so kind of like imagine uh, it's a cityscape that's very dank and dark and, uh, you know, there's a maybe not a lot of crime going on, but uh, it's um, a very dark world. I'll say that going into it. So, all right. Uh, yeah, that's that's the setting for mine. And uh, Scott, what about you? Is this is this outside or or inside? Yes, I'm sorry. This is you know that's that's a funny thing because it would have to be outside probably, but I I would like for it to be night all the time. So, yeah, you know what? Right. For argument's sake, let's just go ahead and say it's inside with a projection roof on it. <laughs> so, Perfect. Okay, I love great. it. <laughs> uh, so um, I went with uh, you know, I I think i guess since i first saw this character um it was like you know spider-man for the longest time was my favorite character and then there was an episode of superman the animated series where superman raced the flash and i had never heard of the flash before and uh I loved his costume and I I thought it was like kind of goofy that all he could do was run real fast but there was something about his vibe and his costume that really like I was like really attracted to and then uh, I really got deep into the character and read like most if not all of uh, him in comics like every issue. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, I, I've, I know a lot about the Flash and the Flash is is uh, definitely one of my favorite superheroes. Um, he's like neck and neck with Spider-Man. And uh, so I'm I'm doing a land based on the Flash and this is going to be uh you know there are two main cities associated with uh with the flash it's uh, central city and keystone city and um uh, central city tends to be the the sort of um barry allen which is the technically the second flash um but the first of the silver age and the first one in the costume that everyone recognizes um the one before him was jake garrick and he had like the helmet like the mercury helmet and yeah. um all of that business uh from the golden age like 1940s uh, but the but Barry Allen um, is sort of like I, I guess the most iconic Flash at this point because of uh, the TV series and and everything. Uh, but yeah, so he he tends to be in Central City, and then Keystone City is the city where Wally West, when he becomes the Flash after Barry dies in Crisis on Infinite Earths, uh, his sidekick who was Kid Flash um, takes on the mantle of the Flash and uh, ends up moving to Keystone City to be the Flash um, in his hometown. And the thing that's interesting about Central City and Keystone City, like most of the cities in the DC universe are sort of based on existing cities, right? So you have mm-hmm. Metropolis, and that's largely based on New York City. You have Gotham, which is largely based on Chicago. Uh, you have Star City, which is largely based on Seattle um, and with a little bit of Portland uh, mixed in. And then you have Coast City, um, which is you know where Green Lantern's from and, and tends to be uh, a, a, a sort of like a Palm Springs-esque uh, city, but on the coast. 
Um, and so, uh, you know, has some things in common with Los Angeles and San Francisco, but is uh, kind of like just a, a, a mishmash of like San Francisco, Los Angeles and Palm Springs. Um, and then you have Central City and Keystone City, which are weirdly are based on Kansas City. Um, mm. Central City tends to be based on Kansas City, Missouri, and Keystone City is Kansas City, Kansas. And if you've ever been to Kansas City, uh, it, there is a very hard line as far as um, you cross that bridge and you're in a completely different place, uh, despite that, you know, the city has the same name. Um, they're only separated by a bridge and they are uh, very different on either side. And and Keystone City tends to have more of like a Detroit look, whereas um, uh, 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 Central City is more um, modern with, uh, with a lot of streamlined design buildings because that's where Star Labs tends to be located and and things like that. So they're they're more in tune with like technology and science, whereas Keystone City is more blue collar and uh, tends to be focused on like automobiles uh, and things, which is why I, I mentioned Detroit. Um, so uh, with with this park, I decided to go with Central City because I find the idea of a theme park that is based on a uh, a, a very streamlined looking city, more aesthetically interesting to me than just like another kind of main street looking blue collar um, neighborhood. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like we've seen that a million times in the theme park. And so the idea of like having more of a, a streamlined look to the park um, interests me more, especially considering, you know, the flash, he like runs fast and, you know, running fast and, 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 um, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, aerodynamics and having that sort of built into the design of the of the park and the city makes a lot of sense to me. So um, Central City is uh, the name of the game here. Awesome. Excellent. So let's restaurants. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. All right. I'll yeah. take it away. Uh, my my restaurant. I'm going to go with a food truck park called the Teen Titans Go Truck. <laughs> and it's good. And all of this is going to be on the island that teen titans tower is on and uh-huh. so we have uh so we, we're gonna have five food trucks uh one for each uh one for each of our characters uh robin's truck is going to sell the po boy wonder it's a po boy sandwich mm-hmm. uh we have beast boys veggie dog since he is a vegetarian uh we have cyborgs 50 50 pizza it's a personal pizza with half cheese half pepperoni uh, we have Starfire shakes. Uh, they're like the crazy shakes with like cr- sprinkles and cake and you know all that on it. Perfect. I, I don't have something for Raven yet. I couldn't figure out something for Raven, so I was hoping Scott or Kyle, you could help me out with this. It's uh, it's it's black coffee. Okay, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, it's a Sold. it's a it's a coffee cart. That's what that's what her thing is. All right. Yeah. Good enough. Uh, Love all right. it. Yeah. Love no, that's great. Uh, Teen Titans to go. <laughs> very clever very That's clever good. okay so for mine uh i'm going to be doing the oblivion bar uh which is a bar that john constantine visits and i believe the headquarters for a group called night force but uh i don't know um so the Oblivion Bar in the DC Universe is an interdimensional bar that's run by mythical creatures and demons, and it's mm. not in our plane of existence. So to get to the Oblivion Bar, you kind of have to access it through secret doors. So my idea here is you might go down an alleyway, and it might look like a you know a door to like a the Chinese restaurant or something like that. And you open it up, and all of a sudden you walk into a bar that is inhabited by demons and and creatures like that. Of course, there would be a lot of face characters walking around in this mm. bar. So uh, it's it's interesting because the oblivion bar in in my mind when i was reading about it kind of seemed like this crazy zany kind of like a doctor strange type place but it's really always kind of depicted as a very high-end like whiskey bar in the universe so i'm kind of thinking like a very almost like uh something you'd see at like a high-end hotel uh with like billiards tables and stuff like that too so since it's kind of a a a mystical bar i was thinking that maybe there could be something like you know we have face characters walking around that aren't human demons stuff like that uh that maybe the billiards game uh could be enchanted as well so you might go up to the table with one of your friends while you're having a drink and play a game and maybe the eight ball is made so that it would spin faster across the table or maybe some of the balls would take curves and stuff like that 
which I thought would be interesting. So uh, you can also eat in the Oblivion Bar. And one thing I'm thinking was something that I had heard about a long time ago that was developed uh, for Harry Potter um, in uh, in Orlando that did not pan out. Uh, which was an idea where you would sit down at a table and somebody would, uh, you know, you'd have a plate in front of you and they would put a, uh, I guess, like a serving tray top on top of it. And when they would lift it up, food would be there. And the idea was this food would be coming up from underneath the floor. Uh, And the problem was is that the people couldn't get the stuff, uh, the serving tray off the top fast enough. So sometimes the food would come up too fast and smash all over the top of the tray. So (laughs) in this idea, they perfected that. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So kind of uh, some, some fun stuff like that in there. Uh, We put our best scientists at work on this. We did. Yes. Yes. If we can have a giant uh, screen over the top of this, it makes it look like night all the time. I figure they could probably perfect that technology as well. So, Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that is the Oblivion Bar, uh, and I'm thinking it'd be pretty big because one of the ideas I have in this in the Hellblazing world is that there are a lot of secret doors around the area, which will go into my next attraction as well. So uh, if this is a pretty big one, maybe you could access it through several different bars inside of, sh- uh, excuse me, doors inside of shops and alleyways and stuff like that. So the Oblivion Bar, that is where people would eat in the Hellblazing world. Scott, what about you? Uh, where are people going to be eating in Flashland? So so. Uh... The reason that I I think I I love the Flash so much and and the reason why it's sort of um it's sort of the D, the epitome of my uh my my DC fandom is uh, the thing that I love about DC is uh the sense of legacy that it has um whereas Marvel doesn't really do that Marvel I think I think now you know Marvel Marvel does the Simpsons thing where it sort of moves the timeline of where the, where the, the stories begin. Um, and now I believe everything in the Marvel universe happened post nine 11. That's like the continuity in the comics now. Um, because, because, uh, you know, if, if Spider-Man starts a year after the Avengers are formed, then, uh, uh, or like, I think a year after fantastic four is formed or something like that. And he's, in his mid twenties, he's like 25 or 26 in comics forever. Um, then you go backwards and he started when he was 15 and it was like 10 years ago. And uh, yeah, that was like post nine 11. So um, <laughs> the Mar- Marvel tends to do that where they kind of keep this, the, the same heroes and they do add some to, uh, to like the, the roster and you get younger heroes like, um, Miles and Miss Marvel and things like that, but they don't do a lot in the way of like sidekicks and stuff like that. And even when they do, they become their own heroes, and then the uh, the older hero doesn't age or leave the role really. Um, mm-hmm. And so uh, the thing that I love about about DC is that you have a lot of sidekicks, and then the sidekicks become the main hero, and then they end up having a sidekick and that sidekick becomes the main hero and the flash has probably the greatest legacy of all of them. And so um, I wanted to focus on that. And the thing that I love about um, central city as a, as a place is that they love the flash. Uh, Like they love the flash and there is a flash day every year uh, where they celebrate the flash and all of the things that he's done for the city. Um, They have, there is a flash museum in central city that is dedicated to the flash. And, uh, I want my, my theme, my land to be perpetually flash day. Um, and so, uh, what I have here for the restaurant is actually going to be a, uh, a series of booths, which is funny that you said the food trucks. Um, but this is going to be a series of booths on flash day called the flash family fast food fair. Um, and, uh, each, each, uh, booth is dedicated to like a different flash. So you've got, um, the Barry Allen flash, you've got the golden age flash, Jay Garrick, you've got Wally West, you've got Wally West too. Um, (laughs) you've got Bart Allen, uh, impulse, you've got Max Mercury, Jesse quick, and they each have booths and, uh, each one has like its own sort of, uh, menu, like whether that's, you know, like, uh, tacos or burgers or whatever, um, and so it's like a it's like a lot of different stuff, but it's all designed to sort of be like a um, uh, what are those called? Like the like a farmer's market kind of yeah. like mm-hmm. a yeah yeah kind of like a farmer's market sort of uh, situation. Um, yeah. So and it's all it's all designed to be you know Flash Day. So yeah. 
Yeah. Can I get so a, I a, a lightning bolt stamped onto my burger bun? <laughs> I think that's a. I think that I think every food you get has a lightning bolt stamped on it. Excellent. Yeah. What kind of Flash Day merch is available at the Flash Day Fest? Hopefully, uh, you know, t-shirts and sweatshirts <laughs> and all that good stuff. I love that. So, I want one yeah. that says "Every day is Flash Day." Yeah, every you day know? is Flash Day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. So, attraction time, Brian. What is going to be going on with Teen Titans Go? Uh, so with Teen Titans Go, uh, Teen Titans are going to go to school. Uh, it's going to be an indoor interactive show where kids in the audience uh, are pulled up on stage uh, to learn how to be a superhero. Uh, it's going to be sort of a mixture of the Jedi Academy and the wand ceremony and Turtle Talk with Crush. Oh. So I'm thinking uh, it's going to be accomplished with a mixture of live actors, uh, projected animated characters, and a couple of animatronics. Um uh, Robin's going to be uh, Robin and Cyborg are going to be there as animatronics. Uh, we're also going to have a very over the top, like costumed character uh, for, I believe we're going to do this, uh, do that with uh, Starfire. I think she's going to be kind of over the top, like actress uh, who's going to kind of like lead, like lead the children where they need to go. Uh, and these kids are going to be doing, they're going to be uh, doing superhero training. So they're going to, you know, cre- uh, they're going to, try out different superpowers uh, the, and it's going to be sort of a special effects stage where the, where things will happen. You know, uh, th- there will be pyrotechnics. There will be, uh, there is a trap door that will be a portal that will uh, make someone fall through it. You know, one of our actors, not one of the children, obviously, uh, but yeah, they're going to, uh, it's going to be uh, hosted by Robin though. And he's going to be leading all these kids and teaching them how to be superheroes. That sounds adorable. <laughs> right? Now, yeah. will, will he be uh will he be masquerading as his uh teacher character from the Teen Titans Go episode permanent record? Absolutely he will be. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> uh but I uh one thing I do would li- would like is Beast Boy, I'm imagining him is he's going to be projected onto a screen uh, because he does transform into any animal he wants to. Uh I just imagine bringing one kid up and having them okay you're going to transform into a lion and he's going to try to transform into a lion and obviously a kid can't do that you know mm-hmm. and just be like oh this poor kid They're like okay well we're going to have you try do- doing something else then you know because <laughs> obviously you can't have a-, a kid do that even with special effects <laughs> not going to embarrass the kid too much though mm. so kyle right. what do we got yeah, so the attraction in the hell-blazing world of John Constantine is going to be called Where is John? So the idea behind this entire area is that John Constantine is missing. You've come to this land, and one of the first things you see when you walk in is just a message scrawled in blood on the side of a building that says, Where is John? So when you check into the land, and I'm assuming it's got some sort of check-in systems, and it seems like that's how all theme parks are going to be going for the future <laughs> with the controlled crowds, uh, you're going to have an app on your phone. And when you're walking around or shopping or something like that, all of a sudden you might get a vibration on your phone and pick it up and the app will alert you that there is a clue nearby. Uh, What this is, is an interactive detective game uh, that would, excuse me, revolve around a, the premise that John Constantine is missing and that you're trying to figure out where he is. So um, you've been imbued with some sort of mystical power as John Constantine would have, and you're on a metaphysical detective hunt. So you would maybe walk down an alleyway and find an overturned trash can covered in blood or something like that. And then through the trash can, you might find some sort of clue that would lead you to another clue. So the game would have guests going around the entire park area, trying to solve this riddle. And they could be, um, it would probably be developed so that, no two people are on the same track at the same time or going after the same clue at the same time. So it could be controlled to make sure that you're not crossing over with anybody else to see what the results of this are. But the eventual end to the whole thing would bring you into one of these hidden rooms that I talked about, kind of like how the hidden door to the oblivion bar would be on the side of something. Uh, You might walk into an alleyway and then bricks might start moving and open up. And then you walk into a room where you encounter a vampire. Uh, And the idea here is that this is going to lead you, the vampires would eventually, whoever you finally beat uh, through some sort of uh, using the phone app, uh, would lead you to a clue of where John Constantine is hiding. And that would be in the e-ticket ride itself, which we'll be talking about here in a minute. So imagine something kind of like the um, pirate uh, treasure hunt game in Adventureland or Mm. the Kim Possible game uh, in Epcot and kind of that kind of thing. A lot of hidden stuff uh, that you're walking around with your phone. 
and it might start to vibrate more intensely when you get closer to a clue and you would click on a button and it would activate something. It would get you to the next place. So yeah, that's it. Uh, where is John? That is my kind of full park attraction, uh, kind of an interactive detective game. So, that's cool. Thank you. Scott, tell us about your flash attraction. So uh, as I, as I stated earlier, uh, central city is celebrating flash day. Um, and of course, you can't have a proper Flash Day without a Flash Legacy Parade. Uh, and so what we have here is uh, a, a series of uh, floats and mascot costumes that are going to be depicting like major points in the Flash sort of history. Um, and what I, I am envisioning here is that you'll have things like, you know, Captain Cold and, and, and Weather Wizard and the Trickster here but it won't just be like people like face characters it's going to be like full-blown like mascots like silly looking mascots (laughs) um and and so like the flash is kind of like a silly looking mascot and the the uh the the floats are these really intricate floats because you know this parade is never going to change it's going to be it's always going to be this this parade it might they might like update some of the effects here and there um as it goes along but i'm picturing this being like a uh, uh, I don't know, like a, a two to three times daily parade about the legacy of the Flash. And so you have uh, floats that depict, you know, like uh, showcase number four, his first appearance and his origin story. And you get like the Flash of Two Worlds, which is the first time that he met Jay Garrick. And it's a very famous cover where they're both racing to the same woman who uh, is going to get hit by a brick wall. Um and uh that's falling over um and uh you have the first time the rogues teamed up um which is uh you know the flash's rogues gallery of of villains um maybe some uh, f- uh first appearances with some of his villains and things like that and then maybe some of the sillier stories like uh the uh, the flash number 115 the day flash weighed a thousand pounds <laughs> or uh 133 the plight of the puppet flash um <laughs> Or 177, when the Flash just had a swelled up head um, (laughs) because the trickster shot him with a gun that swelled his head up really big. (laughs) Um, You know, uh, stuff like that. And and I just think um, this could be like a really fun way to uh, uh, make a a parade that um, isn't meant to be changed out very often, not meant to be seasonal, you know, and so you could have really intricate floats. Um, that I think you could just continue to improve upon and improve the effects on. But I do want it to feel like an in-universe parade. And so it's not the Flash on these floats. It's not the villains on these floats. They are mascots depicting those characters. <laughs> um, and I just think that that would be a really, a really fun thing to uh, stand and watch. Yeah, yeah it would great. be. And it'd also do a really good job of kind of telling the story of the Flash to the guests that might not be very familiar with it. It's kind of like, hey, Bingo. You got yeah. it, Kyle. Exactly. <laughs> Very cool. Well, hey, it's time for e-tickets. So, Brian, tell us all about the Teen Titans e-ticket ride you have in mind. Well, so mine's going to be a T-ticket because it's all going to take place in uh, Teen Titans Tower. Uh, if you don't know the show, the uh, the the tower is just a big giant T. It's a building that's shaped like a T. And my, one of my favorite things, my, most of my favorite rides... I find I've I just I really like it when a ride is entirely contained inside of a inside of the thing that you're looking at. You know, there is no hidden show building behind it. It's not, you know, there's nothing there's you know nothing behind it. So I love uh you know Tower of Terror, I love uh Spaceship Earth, you know, where everything takes place in the thing that you're looking at mm-hmm. from the outside. So this entire ride is going to be encased in Teen Titans Tower. Uh, the pre-show riders are told that they're going to be riding through an exhibit honoring the Teen Titans. And at the end, the Teen Titans will be introducing a new member of their team. Uh, so uh, your ride vehicle, uh, you're going to get, uh, uh, you're going to get into your ride vehicle. It's uh, seated four riders across. Uh, it's the uh, vehicle is going to be shaped like about three quarters of a sphere. Uh, it's going to be a trackless vehicle, but you're not going to know that at first. Uh, you're actually going to go up a large spiral ramp going all the way up uh, the the center part of Teen Titans Tower. Uh, and as you're going up there, there are going to be very crude animatronic cutouts of the Teen Titans displaying their superpowers and tell, you know, telling the world of their, their conquests. Uh, when you get to the top, 
uh, you are going, uh, there's going to be, everything is going to be represented by cartoon projections. Uh, so we're going to see the actual Teen Titans here. And th- this is going to look a lot like Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway is what I'm thinking here. You know, like uh, it's bringing us into this cartoon world uh, through these projections. Um, so we're going to see the Teen Titans. Uh, the team is visibly confused and upset that someone has worked, has bought their way onto their team and they have no idea who this person is. Um, so, uh, but do the, uh, they have no say in the matter because beast boy signed away the life, the, the rights to teen <laughs> Titans. Um, they have no say in the matter. The teen Titans are going to follow the ride vehicle into the next room where it is revealed that the newest teen Titan is Joker jr. <laughs> and Joker jr. Is the Joker's son, obviously, uh, that, and immediately the Titans are preparing for a battle. They they are ready to take him down. Uh, Beast Boy transforms into a tiger. Cyborg arms his guns. Raven opens up a portal below him on the floor, uh, and he's going to make him uh, fall endlessly. There's going to be a, fl- a portal on the floor, one on, above him on the ceiling, and he's just going to you know fall forever. Mm-hmm. Robin is going to stop Raven and go say, "Wait, wait, wait! Let's hear him out. Stop and." She's going to you know, take away the portal. and He's going to land flat on his face on the floor. Um, they talk to him and they, they find out Joker Jr. He just wants to entertain. He just like he, he, he really looks up to the Titans. He doesn't want to be the villain that his father is. Um, and that's why he did what he did. He that's why he bought the he bought the uh Teen Titans Tower. He built the theme park because he wants to honor the Titans. He wants to be part of that team, part of that group. And he also wants to entertain at the same time. Um, so the Teen Titans are welcome their new friend. They're, they they tell him, you know, we really can't have a new member, but you know, we can we we can be friends. You can hang out with us. Uh, so they have a pizza party. Uh, the ride vehicle is backing away from the group. Uh, when Robin asks Raven, "Wait, did you close all the portals?" Uh, the entire team is going to look directly at the ride vehicle and the ride vehicle is going to drop uh, through the no. center of the spiral ramp that went up and cyborg will uh, cyborg through projections will f- uh, fly down, catch the car and lower you to safety. Oh, that's so cool. Nice. So that's, that's, it's a very, it's a very different take on the, um, the kind of the drop tower type thing. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Thank you. That's, uh, that's my, that's my tea ticket. nice i love it that's great what do you got for us kyle so my e-ticket is going to be the house of mystery Mm, Uh, i knew that i knew this was coming (laughs) did you okay yeah (laughs) i was like i I was like yeah if you're doing constantine there's no way that you're not doing house of mystery as the e-ticket so yeah oh yeah so the house of mystery is the headquarters for justice league dark and um i don't know a whole lot about justice league dark but they look pretty cool and uh, (laughs) uh so that's like their their base of operations uh and imagine this ride the haunted mansion crossed with men in black alien attack so, Ride will start off the same phone you've been using to find clues around the land to find out where John Constantine is. You get a text saying, hey, uh, meet at the magic shop. So, you and your party will go over to the magic shop where a door will open and an animatronic uh, Zatanna. Is that how you pronounce her name? Zatanna. Zatanna, thank you, uh, is going to say that she needs your help to find John Constantine. And I have to say that... You know, some of the stuff I've talked about previously, I think, has been in the Hellblazer spirit. You know, it's been kind of an adult park type thing. I really couldn't make this ride work in a way that wasn't a little bit more family friendly. So if things <laughs> go into a little bit into a silly land here, uh, you know, it's, it's a theme park. You're supposed to have fun. So mm-hmm. uh, Zatanna tells you that uh, you you have to go to the House of Mystery to find John because that's where she believes he has been taken and is being held captive. So she opens up the back door of the shop and then it's all of a sudden, instead of being in London anymore, you're in another place entirely because the House of Mystery exists uh, on a plane of existence that is not Earth. So it kind of exists in Earth at the same time as well. I don't want to get into all that. It's crazy. Read the Wikipedia for it. So uh, <laughs> so you and your guests will make your way over to the House of Mystery and board a trackless system that will take you through the house where you have to attack vampires and demons and all sorts of mystical beings that have taken over the House of Mystery. Uh, so eventually you work your way through the house attacking everything and you find out that the cane 
yes, that Cain, Cain of Cain and Abel, who was the sire of all vampires, has taken John captive in the top of the house. So you'll eventually make your way up to the top where it opens up into another dimension entirely and you and your guests ride around shooting at Cain until he finally lets John go and is banished into another dimension. So mm. uh, that is the ride itself. Uh, it kind of think of something like a dark take on Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger spin involving <laughs> vampires and demons and stuff like that. Wow. And uh, that's what we're talking about here. So in the end, uh, you have you have saved John Constantine and uh, have restored, I guess, uh, some semblance of peace to the hell blazing world, uh, which you can go back out and ride over and over again. So, hmm. yeah, that's my e-ticket ride. Will so. there be point values assigned to this? There would have to be, because what other reason is there to have a ride with a gun on it than to get off and lie about how much you just scored on the ride? How am I going to determine my self-worth if I don't have a score? <laughs> exactly, yeah. Just you know, ask everybody else first, see what they got, and then add like a thousand more under yours and be like, oh man, you guys just aren't as good as me today. So nope. <laughs> that's what I do. Uh, so Scott, tell us about your uh, your your e-ticket for The Flash. So uh, I, this is a ride that is called uh, The Flash Rogue's Revenge. It is, um, it takes place within the Flash Museum tour. This is Flash Day, of course. So the Flash Museum is, uh, having a, a full blown tour for everyone who visits Central City on Flash Day. And, uh, it will be an Omnimover attraction where, uh, so you get in the, the Omnimover and, uh, move your way through this, uh, this, uh, museum tour with like a, a guide sort of speaking. Um, to you as you see like these uh these uh attractions about the flash history and the history of his villains and things like that um and uh the the main things that you you learn in the beginning of this of this ride and this could be like on the omni mover part or this could be in line to get on the omni mover uh part um i i think that you could probably uh use the 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 line for some of this exposition um but you do need to learn about a few things you need to learn about uh the cosmic treadmill which is a, a contraption that uh, uh, Barry Allen uh, built because he, the first time that he ran so fast, he breached the time barrier. Um, it was incredibly painful and uh, difficult to control. Um, and so he built the cosmic treadmill to be a thing that he can run on uh, that he can set to a certain time so he can control where where and when he's running to because he can he can run anywhere in space and time on the cosmic treadmill um so you learn about the cosmic treadmill being sort of like a uh, a main part of the flash museum tour that you'll get to see um while you're 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 on your proper tour and you also learn about the rogues and you get sort of like a an abridged uh history of of uh, the rogues which for those of you who don't know um, because you don't follow the Flash, uh, the Flash's Rogues Gallery um, is not just a series of supervillains. It started out that way, and then they've become a a team. But their team is more like uh, more like a family. It's like it's like the Fast and Furious. Um, <laughs> they they are they are uh, a series of of supervillains who have all come together because they've realized that they work better uh, together rather than apart. And they uh, come together with the, you know, from their leader, Captain Cold, who comes up with this, these rules um, that you have to follow as a member of the rogues. And uh, one of those rules is that you do not kill unless you have to. Um, that especially includes murdered superheroes, cops, and vulnerable citizens, because killing any of those people would bring too much heat on you. And you're, you need to be focused on the job. Right. So they, they're, they're, they're always looking for the next score. They're not so much worried about hurting people to do it because when you start hurting people, that's when you go from just a nuisance to, uh, someone that the, the flash is going to hunt down. Mm -hmm. Um, so they have those rules and they have rules about against casual violence and destructions, uh, or in destruction. And, uh, and of course rogues watch each other's back always. Um, and so those are, those are sort of like the rules that they live by as a team. And, uh, it's, it's worked out really well for them. And so they, they are sort of like these interesting super villains because they're not, they're, they're very blue collar. 
um, in that way. And, uh, and, and I think that's what makes them really interesting, but yeah, so you learn about all of these things and, and, and about, um, you know, the rogues and their history and the types of weapons they have. And as you learn, the weapons are actually in the flash museum because the rogues of course are all in, uh, I, uh, uh, iron Heights penitentiary at the moment. Um, but they do have all of their weapons on display during the tour. And, uh, 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 but of course, as you're going through, um, the, uh, this exposition is interrupted by a news report that the rogues have broken out of iron, iron, uh, uh, iron Heights penitentiary. And, um, you know, but on flash day of all things, uh, <laughs> just a, just a horrible thing. And, uh, and so, um, you know, they, it, get, it takes over again, you know, after the news report and, and your, your tour, uh, continues, or I should say begin. So you board your Omnimover vehicle and you start going about, uh, your tour. You end up in a room that displays, prominently displays the, uh, rogue weapons like, uh, Captain Cold's ice gun and weather wizards, uh, uh, weather wand, heat waves, heat gun, um, some of the tricksters, uh, uh, you know, pranks and things like, uh, uh, his, uh, shoes that he can, he wears that allows him to, uh, walk on air, um, things like that. And of course the mirror master's mirror gun. And so all of these things are prominently displayed. And now here, the, the first cool part about this ride is that, um, of course, the rogues are going to break into the flash museum to steal their weapons back. Um, and so the, the thing that's cool about this is the way that in my mind, the way that we have this designed is that you're on an Omni mover and like the haunted mansion, uh, doom buggies, there's lots of them, right? One right mm -hmm. after the other constantly moving. And what happens is that as you begin the, the, your, uh, tour, the Omni movers split off into rooms that are all identical and are are showing the uh, the rogue weapons, right? Except in each room, and there's going to be five different rooms. Um, in each room, you get a different rogue who breaks out the the weapons. So that you know, in one room, the weather wizard breaks out his weather wand, and it may, he makes it storm in the room. In another one, Captain Cold steals his ice gun and freezes the room. Um, and so you're going to get a different effect every time you ride this ride. Well, I mean, like up to five times, but <laughs> you know, um, there, there's going to be different effects in this room. And I think this is like the first like really cool thing. But you're still on this omni mover ride and the rogues um you know you, whatever whichever room you are in you move into the next one all of the rogues are here now they all have their weapons and uh they are planning on taking you hostage but of course the flash shows up to stop them but the thing that he's noticing about the rogues is they're not acting like they normally do um and he's trying to reason with them they're not being reasoned with which is very much not in line with their characters at all um they they're they're not going to put uh uh you know uh, harmless um uh you know theme park guests uh <laughs> on in danger like that's just not what they do because it's going to bring too much heat on them and um you know, he's fighting with the rogues and everything. And then he, he realizes that he thinks that they are being possessed by someone. And then the, the wall tears down and gorilla grod shows up and he is, he has been controlling the rogues to break into the museum as a distraction because he and his partner, the reverse flash, Eobard Thon, are there to actually steal and use the cosmic treadmill. Um, because reverse flash wants to go back in time and stop the flash from ever existing. Um, and so he wants to stop the legacy of the flash and he wants to do it on flash day. And what happens is at this point, Gorilla Grodd uses his, so Gorilla Grodd of course has telepathy. He can both control other people, but he also has, um, um, he has telepathy and also telekinesis. And so he uses telekinesis to rip your Omni mover ride vehicle off its track. And you learn at this point that it was, it was a trackless dark ride this whole time. You've just been on a track up until this point. He rips it off and starts sort of like throwing you around the room while the rogues are starting to snap out of like they're, uh, being possessed by Gorilla Grodd. Um, 
what happens at this point is that the reverse flash gets on the cosmic treadmill reveals that he was also using gorilla grod to get all of this happening and that gorilla grod thought the reason that they were going to use the cosmic treadmill was to um uh, Gorilla Grodd, of course, is from a uh, a secret land called Gorilla City that is uh, all <laughs> intelligent gorillas, and his he thought that he was going to go back in time and change it so that there so that Gorilla City was the world, and then there was just like a human city, like just reverse the 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 power dynamic, I guess. Um, and and of course, he reveals to the Flash what he's planning on doing on the cosmic treadmill, which. Gorilla Grodd has never heard of before and was like, that's not the plan. And then, of course, he gets um, taken out by the Flash. But now you are loose on this Omnimover ride. The the Eobarthon gets onto the cosmic treadmill and he takes you as a hostage and the Flash has to chase after you. And so you're going through time in through the Speed Force while, while like being chased by uh, the Flash and pushed by Eobarthon. And uh, you're you're in this and I'm picturing this to be sort of like you're getting you get pushed into like this tunnel of speed force energy. And so it's just like this um, like yellow and red sort of streaks all around you with like a wind tunnel kind of effect. And so you're you're going through as these um, animatronic uh, flash and and reverse flash are sort of running on either side of you trying to gain control of your Omnimover vehicle. Um, eventually you make it back to another portion of the flash museum. The rogues have snapped completely out of it and realizing that they have been had, um, by gorilla grod and ultimately the reverse flash, they team up with the flash to defeat Eobarthon and save you and then escape. And, uh, that's the ride. (laughs) I feel like cheaty right now, uh, in the good place, uh, when he sees Jeremy bear and, yeah, he's the the dot on the eye that that broke me. When, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when you said that the uh, that the Omni Mover moves out of the line that that broke me. Yeah, Scott. <laughs> yeah, gets gets pulled off its track. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah. it. That's fantastic. Um, yeah, I mean the idea is that it's supposed to trick you into thinking this is just an Omni Mover ride, um, and then gets a lot more intense as it goes along. Uh, I really want the effect of the speed force to almost feel like a uh, a horizontal drop ride, if that makes mm. any sense. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to recreate the feeling that you get in like Tower of Terror on a drop ride, but except you're being pushed forward and backwards, you know. Um, yeah. And and because it's just something I've never seen before. And if you're going to be in the Flash, I wanted to I wanted to have that feeling. I think mm-hmm. so. Yeah. So yeah, that's so that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, very ambitious ride. Yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah, something I'd love to ride. That sounds amazing. Uh, I I love the Flash, and uh, I wanted to get <laughs> I wanted to get all my guys in in this ride. I didn't want to I don't want to leave any of them out, including Gorilla Grodd. I think at some point maybe Gorilla Grodd actually doesn't get defeated right away, and he ends up in the Speed Force with the two Flashes and gets dropped off in Gorilla City because mm-hmm. I think I would want to see Gorilla City. Like you just, oh, totally. you show, you go through the speed force and you come out of it and you're just surrounded by like CGI gorillas and <laughs> animatronic gorillas everywhere. And then Flash is like, all right, let's go. <laughs> I think no time to discuss that. We're out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, so, oh. uh, yeah, so that's my uh, that's that's Rogue's Revenge, and I, what I also like about my title is that it starts off, and you're like, oh, it's their revenge for being in prison, and then by the end of the ride, you realize, no, it's their revenge against Gorilla Grodd and uh, <laughs> and and Reverse Flash. So double meaning has Love a cool it, yeah. double meaning, yeah. So Very anyway, cool. So that's my that's yeah. my Flash Park. Happy Flash Day, everyone. Happy Flash Day every day. Every day is Flash Day. <laughs> Here in Flash well, I love it. Uh, I, I think we're going to have to come back to DC again at some point because I think we've only yeah. scratched the surface of what oh, we can yeah. do with uh, the different characters in, in this universe. But uh, I've had a lot of fun today discussing all these. Yeah, yeah me, too. me too. Yeah, for sure. Um, I do awesome. think it's funny that, I, you know, no matter how hard we try, I, it's like every other episode, Brian and I have a lot in common with our parks. <laughs> <laughs> what do they say about great minds, you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> great with, uh, you know, quotes you know <laughs> <laughs> no don't sell yourself short yeah <laughs> um yeah but yeah i want to go to all these parks so 
Yeah. Or I guess well, they could the, all be one park. They're different That's what I'm thinking because they, they, they kind of touch on three different uh, demographics there. I think uh, Brian's is great for, you know, young kids. I think Scott, yours appeals to, uh, and, you know, family, a wide variety of everybody. And mine's kind of like an adult park, you know. So I think, uh, you know, we've, uh, the entire spectrum of uh, park visitors here and what yeah. we had today. Yeah, mm-hmm. For sure. Well, very um, cool. All right. Awesome. All right, folks. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on Theme Park This. Again, we have discussed it on several episodes. And if you haven't become a Patreon supporter of Dueling Genre, uh, I, I suggest that you do because we have been putting out some really great stuff over there on the Patreon. And to do that, head on over to duelinggenre.com slash support and you'll get access to our uh, uh, retheme This, our Fast Pass episodes and all sorts of other crazy stuff we come up with, as well as everything Dueling Genre has ever done. So, um you get a lot of bang for your buck over there at the dueling genre Patreon, if I say so myself. So, wow. all right, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> also, be sure to uh, like and follow us and all that on. Uh, we have face uh, Facebook. We have a Facebook group as well. Theme Park This listeners. Uh, if you mm-hmm. if you listen to our listener land episode and you were like, wait, where was this? Why, why didn't I get to suggest anything? Uh, yeah, it was there. Go to uh, Theme Park This listeners on Facebook. Uh, we're also on Instagram. Just opened up an Instagram theme at Theme Park This. Uh, same thing on Twitter at Theme Park This. Yeah, and we're always in discussion for new cool stuff to do uh, with those social media accounts. So uh, you know, as things begin to open, I think people should keep their eyes on those and follow all those. Uh, some really cool stuff is coming eventually. So, all right, folks, we are going to say goodbye for today. Thank you so much for listening to us, and uh, we will see you again in a couple of weeks. Bye, everybody. Bye, y'all. Bye.